Hi, Julie. Hey, Lisa. How's it going this week? It, it's going. You know, it's the crazy, crazy June. Uh, we, we go through this every year, and I think we've probably talked about it every year on our podcast, just the end of the school year. And, uh, you know, it just sort of feels very chaotic at the at the end of the school year. So um, just just surviving. How about you? Yeah, I think it's just chaotic, like so many other families. Uh end of the school year is always, no matter how old, young your child is, if they're in a school, June feels very chaotic. And then for us personally, we, um, it's always a very exciting time because we onboard a lot of our clients for June because it's kind of the official unofficial start of fall marathon training, not for late fall marathon training, but more early fall marathons. This is when people get started. And while of course we, we coach runners of all distances, uh, marathoners in particular seem to come to us for a June 1st start. And so we had a lot of people sort of waiting to start with us and we onboarded them. And it's, it's in a really exciting time to get to know a crop of new and returning runners, but it's also for us chaotic because we want to do a good job. We want to be thorough, but then we also are sort of managing the things that pop at the end of the school year. So I don't know about you, but I'm, I am a total hypocrite. I'm not getting enough sleep right now. And we always talk about sleep and um, I'm probably not hydrating enough because I'm running around so much. And what else? I'm probably not doing enough with re- respect to like prehab um, with my runs. Cause I'm just getting out the door. So yeah, runners like us don't like like do as we say, not as we do this week. And hopefully next week, um, I'll be a little bit better. (laughs) My eye on like mid June. And I know for you too, this is a particularly really uh, a busy time. You've got a a graduating senior. So that this is a, a a very, um, not only busy, but emotionally uh, hectic time, I think for you too. So I don't know. I don't know about you, but I've got my eye on like mid June to late June when hopefully things will calm down a little and we'll get a little bit of a summer break over the summer, but, um, but it is, and, uh, you know, we thought we would talk today about some coaching fundamentals. We do this, um, we did this at the beginning of January. We actually did a call for all of our new and incoming, uh, new and returning runners. We did a big, uh, coaching call to talk about running fundamentals, coaching fundamentals, and uh, sort of, uh, you know, the, the keys that we think are to successful training. And so we thought we'd talk about that today on the podcast. Um, and, and in particular, um, you know, one uh, fundamental that we've always adhered to. And I think we both agree that it was the one fundamental that we took away from um, the RCA course when we were both certified as coaches. I know when I went into that, um, the, the big takeaway I had was the importance of running easy effort. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of the other coaches in my cohort that took that, we all agreed at the end that, wow, that was just, just um, a big takeaway for us. And so over our decade plus of coaching you and I, that has really been our, one of our fundamental um, philosophies is the importance of, of easy running. And often when I talk to new runners, and I know when you do too, when we're kind of doing an intake call, I always tell them, we'll never, we'll never yell at you for running too fast. I mean, I'm running too slowly, but we will yell at you for running too fast. So, you know, I tell them not really, we're yell. Not, not yell, right. We don't yell. We, we, we will never <laughs> criticize, right. We'll never criticize you for running uh, too slowly. So even when we give you suggested paces, we're not so stuck on that, but we will um, speak up when we see you running too fast. Uh, so that's what we thought we'd talk about today. Um, uh, just that, that the importance and why it's so important. 
Yeah, so it seems like a really easy concept, no pun intended, to just say run your easy runs easy. But actually, when you dig deeper, there there is a lot more to it. And that's because when I, I know personally, when I first started running, especially in group programs, I was assigned a pace group. And that pace group was my easy long run or easy pace when I'm not doing speed work. And um, it was based on a most recent race time. And that's pretty much how a lot of coaches and coaching groups work. You take a recent race time, you extrapolate it and come up with race paces. And of course, with that, you come up with some easy pacing. But really what we've learned through our coaching over the last decade is that there really isn't a set easy pace range. And it's really important to not identify with a specific pace range when thinking of your easy pace and instead think of an easy pace as a fluid pace based on how you're feeling that day. And if we can kind of take that identifiable pace range out of our running and think of it more as just how you feel day to day, that we believe really sets runners up for success. And here's why. One's easy pace, and we've talked about this before, on a cool, cloudy, 50-degree day is a lot different than an easy pace this week, the first week where it's reached in our area 90 degrees with high humidity. And that's logical. But unfortunately, sometimes we get in our head, well, my easy pace is between 845 and 915. And you look at your watch, oh my gosh, I'm going 930s. I'm going too slow for my easy pace. I got to speed up and I need to get into that range. That range is arbitrary because on that particular day, that is not your easy pace. Your easy pace is a pace during which you can easily talk and run comfortably at the same time. And it's a pace where most of the time your heart rate will reflect that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in, in a little bit. Do you have anything to add, Lisa? Yeah, I just want to go back and, and kind of uh, focus on what you were saying about getting set on what your easy pace range is or your or a particular pace. And I get that a lot. I've actually spoken to a lot of runners about that recently where they say, if I see... Uh, you know, slower than nine minute miles on my watch, I feel like I haven't done my run. It didn't count or um, they really get set in their head on a particular pace. And I think that is a, there, there's a danger in that, like you said, because then you're really ignoring what your body is telling you and you're just looking at your watch and you're counting on, um, and, and there's some anxiety that comes with you. If you see that pace creep and you're going slower than you think you should. And um, then there's a whole kind of mental effect where you're, you know, thinking that you're not getting in a workout or you're, you know, something's wrong with you or, um, so I think that's really important is that, um, people let go of that, that preconceived notion. And we get that a lot. And that's what we, I think, um, fight against a lot is when we're trying to tell runners to run easy, they're fighting the, well, but if I run slower than X pace, that's, you know, that's too slow or that doesn't count that day. Or you know, I think as runners, we often tend to be type A people who want to like check a box every time and we want to check off. Yep. I ran that at this pace. I ran that at this pace. And, um, you know, especially too, as we age, you know, my easy pace 10 years ago was not what my easy pace is now. So if I got set in my, and we see that with a lot of our master's runners, they are set in their head that their easy pace should be whatever it was that they were running 10 years ago. And, and it, and it absolutely changes. So I think that's um, just something that's really important is to, um, and, and I think you're right that running sometimes when you run with a pace group, 
then that becomes your identity of that is, you know, that then you're really, really tied to that. So I think that's kind of the first step is, um, is ignoring the watch and ignoring the numbers on the watch. And that's hard to do. And that's why we often recommend that for easy runs, runners um, take off their watches or flip it around or take off the pace um, you know, display. Um, but I did want to talk about a little bit in relation to this. You tell me what you think. You know, a lot of times we have runners who say, um, you know, we look at their paces and we say, wow, that was a really fast, easy run today. And they say, well, it felt easy. And their heart rate may even look reasonable. And they say, well, it felt easy. So what do you say to those runners who um, are running too fast, but they're telling us it feels easy? I say to those runners that while generally speaking, it's okay once in a while to run faster than your easy pace on a day that you're feeling really great. That's fine. I mean, there are days when everything just comes together. You feel like a million bucks and you get out there and you don't realize it. And you look at your watch after your run and you've run faster. No problem. That happens. But habitually, if it's something where you believe in your heart that your easy pace is faster than the pace that you could be running, my response is, if you're going to get the same training effect by running easier than running faster, why wouldn't you run easier? And we've talked about this before, but it's worth repeating. It's not just about one's pace during the run. It's about recovery. And if we're able to get the same exact benefit from an easy run by running slower and running at an easier effort, that will simply speed up our recovery for the next run. And the, the key runs, of course, in training are a long run, um, a medium long run sometimes, tempo workout sometimes, speed workout sometimes, but none of these key workouts will be, be as effective if we're not fully recovered from those easier runs that build our aerobic capacity. I think that's a great answer. And I think that's something we really drill uh, into our runners and talk to our runners uh, about quite often is that, uh, you know, if you can uh, get away with putting less strain on your body and get the same physiological benefits, why would you choose to, you know, put more strain on your muscles, your tendons, your body? And like you said, risk um, not really being fully recovered for, for the hard workout. So I think that's that is a great answer. And um, again, I think it's something that we, that's probably, again, this is probably the number one um, issue that we talk to our runners about or the number one uh, fundamental of training that we really have to, um, have to, have to get our runners to understand is that, um, like you said, it's, it's more about feel, it's not a prescribed range. So even if you put your, a recent race result into a calculator and it tells you what your easy pace range is, you don't have to be beholden to that. I know my easy pace range is actually, my easy pace is recently is actually slower than my easy pace range would say from one of those calculators. And along those lines, we often get the question of, um, you know, okay, so I have an improved race time. So I put it into that calculator and now my uh, easy pace shows faster. Can I run faster? Should I run faster? And um, I think the answer is if you're running faster and the effort is the same, um, then that's okay. If you, if, if your race results prove that you have gotten fitter, then yes, then, then, you know, then that easy pace may be getting faster. And that happens through training where your easy pace will show up faster, even though your effort is exactly the same. So it can change, but it doesn't have to. And again, we go back to no harm in, in staying at, uh, at that, at a, at a slower pace that's still within your aerobic range. 
And, and to your point, Lisa, you mentioned now a couple of times that your easy pace range has slowed over the years, but your race times have not. And that is because you've allowed your body to, you've listened to your body and that uh, extra time in your feet has allowed for extra recovery because while we like to run by time, sometimes you run by miles. So yes, that is extra time on your feet. But if you're running easy, that's actually more opportunity to build your aerobic engine. So there are benefits to running longer at an easier pace. You may not get more mileage, but that's more time on your feet. But there is one caveat, and that is if you are running faster um, because your recent race time shows that you could run your easier pace faster. Even if it feels easy, you really have to take an honest look at yourself and saying, well, am I running differently? Am I um, putting more strain on my body? Am I, is my form different? Am I pushing just slightly more? And if, if the answer is yes, and if you feel like you're a little bit more fatigued than you were during the previous weeks before your most recent race time that showed that you could be running your easy paced, easy paced runs faster, then take, take a step back and, and run easy again, because again, the key to all of this is aerobic development and recovery. And you don't want to sabotage your training efforts by proving to yourself, I could run faster. And then all of a sudden you aren't feeling as great as you were when you were running easier. A lot of this is psychological. I feel like, I feel like a lot of this is ego. It's just, it's hard. Yes. Look, I, I totally understand. And especially, and we've talked about this before, let's say you have a pace group or you have friends that you run with and you really want to run with those friends. It's hard sometimes to say, you know what, I'm going to run, I'm going to run back. I'm going to, I'm going to step back. And ideally those friends would, would step back with you and run a little easier, but understandably everyone has their own agenda, but you being the smart runner, you are by listening to the run farther and faster podcast, um, know that it really won't make a difference. And in fact, could actually improve your race times by running those easy runs easier. So make new friends and, and, scale it back a little bit and know that at the end of the day, you are truly benefiting your training and you're truly benefiting your recovery by doing that. But it takes some discipline. And it's so funny because it's only a runner's problem because really what, in what other world would you say? Okay. It's not, no, I will tell you, I will tell you, we see the same, um, I see the same thing in cycling. So, you know, when you go with a, often there are, um, pace groups or, you know, speed, we're, we're, what there's a designating, you know, we think we're going to keep up 18 to 20 miles per hour. And in that group are, oh, they're always going 22 miles an hour. So it's, I, I see it. I think it's a, it's a psychology of a group of nobody wants to be the slowest and hold the group back. So everybody's pushing and it keeps pushing and pushing. I think that is part of it, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about the psychology of this. And I think this is helpful for people who are struggling with, they get the concept, they can't execute it because they feel this pressure, whether it's with a group, whether it's just on their own. I want to talk about the psychology a little bit and maybe how we've, uh, you know, we've been able to embrace this. And I think for me, I know, especially now that there are races back and um, I, I always feel good after I go out and do a race and I see that my fitness is still there and I see that I can run a race in whatever time it is that, you know, I was hoping to run. When I go out to run my easy runs, I can then kind of relax and say, I know my fitness is there. I just proved it in a race. Um, I can run as easy as I want right now. This is not my race. So that's psychologically how I, uh, so I, I would, 
say to people who are kind of struggling with that is, you know, go out and do a hard workout or a race on occasion when it's appropriate and use that as your confidence builder of like, I'm good. I'm in a good place. Now my other runs, when my, when my purpose is recovery or building my aerobic engine, they can be super easy because look, I'm still performing where I should be performing. So I think that is kind of having that, um, that reassurance and that confidence. I think a lot of times uh, the running too fast in, in, in easy runs or in all of your runs comes from a, an insecurity of, of, am I fit? Do I have that fitness? So find a way to prove your fitness on occasion through a race or, or a hard workout. And then the rest of your runs, you can say like, I've got that. This is now my, my recovery. I think for me, that's how I kind of don't care about my long run or my easy run paces, because I say, you know what, I just ran Boston in the time that I wanted to, that I was training for, like, I'm good. Um, you know, or I just ran a workout and hit these paces and I, I'm good. And now this is, now I'm fine to run easy. So I think that for me, psychologically, how have you, how do you kind of embrace that and, and get away from the, the internal pressure of hitting certain paces? I think for me, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, that's why I love jumping into 5Ks when I can, because I love just testing my fitness in a real environment where you feel pressure to race. It's really fun. Um, and that definitely having that benchmark allows me permission to feel great about running as easy as I want. Uh, the other thing for me too, is I hate being injured. We all do. And I know for me, uh, recovery is really important and recovery isn't just a rest day or, or a cross training day, but recovery is also running those easy workouts easy. And for me being extra conscientious about that, it gives me some control while I, I can't always avoid injury. None of us can. I know I'm doing my best by running my easier runs easy and knowing that I am doing my part it, and if something happens with my body that I can't control, at least I can say, I hit my paces, I ran my hard workouts hard, and my easy runs easy. And so um, just a little story, I, I haven't talked to you, Lisa, but um, as, as I told you on last Friday, I finally had my appointment with a cardiologist about my my heart. Um, just for an update for those who um, maybe missed it, I have had a really high heart rate no matter what type of workout I do um, since I had COVID in January. And I made this appointment after Boston. I, I didn't like my high heart rate, even on my easiest, easiest runs. And um, it finally started going um, lower after Boston, which is coincidentally four months exactly after I had COVID. I still kept the appointment with the sports cardiologist. He was wonderful. He really validated my concerns and said that I was patient number seven, I think, um, of, of women in their 40s who are endurance athletes who have come into his practice. Now, part of this is that women do tend to go to the doctor um, a little bit more than men. They say, that's what he said. I'm not saying that don't shoot the messenger, but also he is a sports cardiologist. So of course, athletes are seeking out his expertise and knowledge, but uh, he really normalized my experience and validated it and told me that the best way to condition my heart at this point is to do more high intensity work, which I admittedly don't usually avoid in training, but did avoid during this training cycle for obvious reasons, thinking it was better to take it easy. So he's like, go out and do those 5Ks, go out and challenge yourself. And um, 
I felt comfortable having that permission. And just by way of background, the reason he gave that to me for those who may have the same experiences is basically tricking your autonomic system, which, which controls your brain, your heart and other organs um, back to recognizing polarization and training. So heart rate, rec heart recognizing an easy effort, heart recognizing hard effort. So that's my endeavor this summer is to do more high intensity intervals of short distance. I'm not, I don't want to go out there and do that all the time. So to that end, Lisa, um, I jumped in a 5k for the first time in a really long time on Sunday. It was the, um, Michael Mosier, um, DIPG 5k, uh, Montgomery mall. It was a 6k rather and, um, great cause and it's Jenny Mosier's race. And, um, I certainly had a PR because I've never run a 6k before it wasn't pretty, but I just ran not looking at my watch and it felt great to get out there and challenge myself without feeling like I was hurting myself. And I didn't realize I had sort of that stress in me for the last several months. And it, it just felt really nice. Um, I have a lot of work to do, but, uh, I think my first mile was really nice. It was like 659. And then my next two miles were like, you know, seven, seven, 15, seven 30, whatever, but like, it still was great. Um, and because it's all about who shows up, I, I, I was the first woman and I broke the tape and that really happened. So that was nice. So to your point, sorry for the side note, but this, there is a point to this today. Um, I ran with my usual Thursday group. Um, I, I meet them at, um, five 30 in the morning and I'm always one of the, um, uh, slower runners. I'm always bringing up the rear. It's just, I'm not comfortable running my easy runs any faster than, than what I feel is easy. And today on this very hot day, you know, I was about nine 30. I think my pace was for most of the run. It felt really easy and felt really good. And I was well behind the rest of the group and, and ran with our, our friend and coaching client, Karen Ryan. It was great. Um, so yes, I agree with you, um, having benchmarks and recognizing that I'm no less fit than anyone else, but I, I'm doing what's good for me. And I enjoyed great conversation with Karen. So there you go. Um, I think, you know, there are plenty of folks who define their easy pace as faster than what I just ran. That's fine. But just, I guess the lesson here is just recognize what that means for you on a particular day and and don't look at it as something that defines you based on a extrapolated pace calculator a formula or recent race time listen to your body and what it needs and and think about where you are in your life how much sleep you've gotten your stress and um the weather so that's that's my long-winded story <laughs> thanks for listening my TED talk. <laughs> all, all good advice. And also, you know, just, um, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about this too, just, I think another factor that goes into sort of our preconceived notions of where our pace should be is social media and, and Strava. And um, we actually just had a runner um, run, uh, Victoria, one of our virtual coaching clients from Canada, just ran a half marathon last this past weekend was it last weekend and um, had an amazing race and did great. And before the race, she, um, uh, you know, we had talked uh, about um, kind of not self-doubts, but she was, you know, uh, really into 
watching social media and getting sort of, um, you know, psyched, psyched out, I think, by what she was seeing on social media and the training she was seeing on social media and paces that um, the people she follows were hitting. And, um, you know, she was feeling, I think, having some self-doubt because of that. And I told her, like, we've told a lot of our other runners, turn off the social media, get off the social media, not like, this is not helpful for you. And sure enough, she had a great race and she sent us a nice little recap of lessons learned. And one of them was get off social media. So I think that's, um, again, it can be, it, it cuts both ways. Social media can be very inspiring and it can be very, a great um, community builder and, um, you know, just a good way to get support in whatever goals that you have. But I think if you find yourself um, feeling stressed about your training and your progress because you're of what you're seeing on social media, whether that's Strava or Instagram or whatever you're looking at, you got to turn it off. Like we've never had, when we, you and I started running 20 some odd years ago, we didn't have any of that. We didn't even have, you know, I don't know about you, but I didn't have a Garmin. I didn't have a Garmin until maybe 10 years ago. I had a Timex watch and, you know, you just went out and everything was about kind of you and listening to your body and not all these external factors. And I think a lot of that has changed in the last 10 years. So I think that's just something to, um, to look at as well. If it's, if, if you're feeling like, um, you know, that, that I think you always say, uh, you know, the comparison trap that, that what is it? Comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. And um, uh-huh. that, that, that is very true. So if you find yourself feeling this kind of stress based on what you're seeing other people do, turn it off and get back to focusing on, on you. That's great advice. It's hard. I mean, we understand it's, it's, it's hard, especially if running is your social outlet and you want to run with your friends and your friends are running at a pace that you know in your heart is not the right fit for you. Ask your friends to warm up with you, bring a good podcast or something to listen to, have your friends run in front of you for you know some of the run. And then at the end of the run, talk to your friends after. It's not ideal, but if that is going to allow you to achieve that goal that you have or to avoid injury, then it's worth it. Now, what do you say though, Lisa, about the runners who maybe aren't specifically training for anything right now and just want to go out and run with their friends at any pace anyone's running? What do you say to those folks who aren't necessarily paying attention to their paces because they're not training for anything? I think that's a great question. I think if you're not training for anything and you have um, time to take plenty of recovery between runs, if you're going out for a once a week run with a group that runs faster than you normally would run. Okay. So that's your speed work for that week. And maybe then, you know, that then you can take a couple of days off if you don't have anything specific that you're training for. If you have something you're spe- specific, you're training for though. And especially for people who are going to coaches who are helping them really hone in on those, those goals and have a, have a very um, structured and uh, you know, very uh, well thought out approach, like then you really got to stick to what the workouts are. So if, if you're, again, if you're just somebody who's just out to run, no, no structure, you don't have any, you know, any, any races on the horizon and you're, you've got, you can take some days off after a faster run. I think that's, I think that's totally fine. I think we're talking more towards people who have, and and really, to be honest, I think this is more critical for people training for marathons, for sure, maybe even half marathons. You have higher mileage in their weeks. So if you're just somebody who does occasional 5K and you've got a flexible schedule, um, I don't think it's as critical. I think it becomes really critical for us. And that's why we're talking it from, from 
coach perspective that coaches a lot of marathon runners. And when you've got that high mileage in your schedule, um, you don't have a lot of, of, of um, wiggle room to fit in too many high intensity um, high intensity runs. So like I said, I, I think it, it does depend on what you're training for, what your goal is. Um, but I also want to talk a little bit about, you know, we've been talking a lot about people who feel pressure to run faster. Let's talk a little bit about people who, um, you know, come to us and say, well, is it okay to run slower with my buddy on this day? Or is it okay to run slower with this group on this day? And, and um, you know, and really that, uh, that kind of, um, you know, that, that consideration of, can you run too slowly? And um, I, I think our answer generally is that you cannot run too slowly. I will put in a caveat and you can correct me if you think um, that there's, you know, something to be added to this, but, um, but if you're running so slowly that you are fundamentally changing your form. So if you're really slowing down where you're, you're plodding or you're really, um, your you are you know, slowing your cadence down so much that you're um, changing your form, that could certainly be, I wouldn't go run 13 miles. And we actually used to have a little bit of this, um, to be honest, when we used to do many, many years ago, 10 years ago or so, when we used to have groups that we train in person for half marathons and we'd go out and do 13, 14 mile runs with these groups and um, on top of our own training, of course. So that was, you know, that was one part of it, but also running really slowly and changing our form. Both of us noticed that we were having little like, you know, little tweaks and little things that were popping up. And I think that that could be, but I think that's very rare that that would happen. You'd have to be running like, you know, a couple minutes per mile slower than, or just a very different, um, a very different gait. So, because really fundamentally your form should remain the same. Your cadence can remain the same um, at a slower pace or a faster pace. What's changing is your, your power that you're putting out. So the drive that you're putting into each, each of those footfalls um, is changing, um, but you should be able to still run slower. Your cadence might be slightly lower, but you know, not so fundamentally lower. So, um, so again, kind of going back to where I started with people who are saying like, is it okay to run slower? Absolutely. It's okay to, you know, to go run with a group that's running, running slower, um, and, or with a friend that runs slower, especially on your easy run days, because again, you're getting that aerobic development and you're giving your body that break. I wholeheartedly support everything you said. And I, I have, um, I think, uh, the data from the groups we coached also served us well though, because we coached for many years, a Friday morning group, a walk run group, where after we did our own training on Friday mornings, we would go over and run with this walk run group, couch to 5k group, great group of women. It was um, from B'nai Israel nursery school. Remember this? And um, we ran our easy pace and it was probably a pace sometimes that was 11 minute miles, we would keep our cadence high. It was walk, run, and then eventually run. I believe that those recovery efforts that we were doing after sort of, um, flushing out our muscles after our own runs on Friday mornings, before our Saturday run, it was almost like a double run. And we really didn't think much about it because we were coaching, but that year we both hit a lot of PRs. And I just wonder because we were doing more running, but a lot of it was super, super easy efforts. And some would argue, well, you changed your form and that could lead to injury. But I feel like for both of us, we kept our cadence high. We were very conscientious of our form because we were coaching, of course, and, and we made sure we had our good arm swing and everything when we were running easier. But I think for both of us, that allowed us more recovery. So I think there are a lot of benefits to running 
extra slow on certain days to speed up recovery, uh, especially because recovery rarely occurs when you're sitting on a couch after a run. It's actually moving your body and gentle, gentle workouts like swimming and cross training are great ways to recover, but certainly so is a very, very easy run. So I, I do agree with you that there are benefits. And as far as folks who say, well, I can't run easy, it hurts that actually may be a testament to something going on with your form. So, uh, we, you know, for those who live in the DC area, the, we offer a run performance lab that we work out once a month through the Montgomery County Roadrunners Club. We're both coaches for that. And that's a great opportunity to have your form checked out or any physical therapist because we should be able to run a variety of paces pretty easily. And if it hurts to run one's true easy pace, and there might be something going on with cadence, with power, or with neuromuscular capability that could be explored. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. So Lisa, I, as we wrap this up, like, what are your takeaways with respect to moving forward for so many of our runners who are master's runners who want to keep running fast, who are highly competitive runners who care deeply about their race times, but maybe struggling with the concept of slowing down even more on their easy days because they just want to get out there and knock it out and get it done. Because as we said at the beginning of this podcast, life is stressful, time is of the essence, and often we don't have the luxury to be out there running for hours, especially on a weekday. Well, yeah, it's just, and, and just to, to that point, um, I think what we tell our runners a lot is, okay, that's great if you've got an hour and we have seven miles on the calendar and you're not going to get, you know, seven miles in in your hour because that's your easy, you know, normally could do it in easy pace. Um, uh, go out and run an hour. And if that's 6.74 miles, it's okay. <laughs> it doesn't have to, you know, that that's okay. So when we talk about that a lot too in the hot weather, you know, where it's just go by time, don't worry about uh, about your about your pace. But um, my takeaway, or at least what I hope uh, listeners uh, will take away is that there is a time for performance and there is a time for listening to your body and recovery. Um, and that is, you know, you get, you can have both. So you can have your races, put your races on the calendar, put your hard workouts on the calendar, but, and when it's time for that, it's time for that and go out and kill those. And then in between rest assured that you've got your fitness and, and take a breath and take a step back and kind of block out all the noise around you. If you're somebody who runs with other people, if you're somebody who's on social media, you know, block out the rest of the noise and, um, and, and just, you know, it's, it's, this is sort of a, a little bit of a tangent, but, and I hope it doesn't offend anybody who's listening because if you do this, it's okay. I get it. But, um, and I see it in the cycling world too, because I follow a lot of cyclists on Strava, but there's always this tendency for people who are posting on Strava or posting on social media to justify a slow, easy run or ride. They will say, oh, I went out for just, this was just a fun run. Or, oh, Alex will put, you know, I rode with my mom. This is why it's so slow. Or, you know, they, they have to, they have to explain it was so hot out today. That is why this is slow. It's like, there has to be some, I treated this as a fun run today. Like, you know, this was, or they'll title it a leisurely, you know, whatever run. It's like, they almost have to explain why the pace is showing up slower than people might say, well, why is that person might say, oh, it was a leisurely run or, oh, they ran with their slower neighbor or, you know, it's like almost like they have to justify it. So I think, again, not trying to, you know, um, uh, offend anybody who does that, but I think it's just our tendency is, oh no, I ran slower. I need to make sure 
you know, I need to make sure people understand that that's not really my fitness. That's, you know, so, so just, um, I think, I think we see that. I think that's net people's natural tendency is to get, um, not, not defensive, but they, they want to justify if they're running slower, don't justify it. You don't have to justify it. This was my pace today. This is what felt good today. And you know what, next week at my 5k, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go out and race it and I'm going to do really well. Um, but I think that that would be my takeaways. There's a time for, for pushing and a time for performance. And there's a time to just um, take a step back. I love that. And I think you raise a great point. Let's change the narrative. Let's justify when we run too fast. I was in a right. hurry. I had to get home to get my child off on the bus. No, or, or, or you know, or uh, this was my workout today, right? You know, yeah. um, I feel like I, you know, I don't post on Strava. I don't put my runs on Strava for, for much of these reasons. But I feel like if I did, I would have put, I'd like to put like, I'm embracing this today. This look at, look how slow I ran today. Isn't this great? You know, this was great. Wow. Look at me. I ran, you know, whatever the pace was, I, I feel great that I ran so slow today versus, ugh, it was so, you know, today was such a hot day. I had to take it slow. Like, no, this is what felt good. Like you said, change the narrative and brag about your slow runs, brag about your recovery, um, and, and, uh, and, and influence others to, to follow you. I love it. So similar to the hashtag rest day brags, which is a popular hashtag folks use to um, brag about their oh. endeavors on rest day. We can have, I didn't know that. That's great. Slow, slow run brags. Love it. Yes. Right. Let's, like you said, change the narrative, make it so that that's the cool thing to do is to run, is to run easy. Love it. Well, Lisa, I hope that anyone who's still with us and listening, thank you. <laughs> Thanks to our moms for still listening. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's always fun to do these with you. We need to do them more. I feel like we always talk a lot about other things, but it's funny when we, when we talk about coaching, a lot of times it's in writing because we do everything in, in final surge, but it's so fun to just talk about it out loud instead of in writing and just kind of go through concepts that we both know and implement, but just to be able to flesh them out a little bit today was a lot of fun. So thanks yeah. Lisa. And um, we're going to be you. off next week because um, a week from today, as you mentioned, my son is graduating from high school. I'm so sad. And um, so we're going to take the week off next week because it's going to be a little bit crazy, but we'll be back the following week. And um, Lisa, I cannot believe we're here. I just want to say something to you that I've been thinking about when we first met Noah was four. And, um, I distinctly remember when we wrote our first, the copy for our first website, we wrote, we are moms of five toddler age kids and here we are, and we've reached this point and, um, this is a big milestone. We've been through a lot of milestones together, uh, with our kids and ourselves and just want to say thank you for, uh, helping me through this mom journey. There have been many times I've talked to you about non-running child, raising ish, child, rearing issues, parenting issues, and you've always been a great sounding board. And while certainly my parenting job is not over, I have been um, relegated to becoming a consultant rather than a supervisor <laughs> now that Noah is graduating and uh, it's going to be a whole new world. But I'm just really glad to share this journey with you, my partner in crime. So, yeah, 
Very well said. And um, it is pretty remarkable for me to think back to those early days of coaching when we, our, our biggest struggle was who was going to watch the kids or, you know, uh, our kids were usually awake before we go out to coach our programs. Now they're not awake when we get home from running. Um, so it's really been, uh, it's been quite a journey and I, I love being on it with you. So thank you. Same. All right. Talk to you soon. Have a Bye. great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Run Farther and Faster Boston Marathon podcast. We want to give a special thanks to our editor, Aaron Bryan. And if you enjoyed this episode and enjoy listening to our podcast, please share it with others and please leave a review if you haven't done so already on iTunes. Thanks for listening and have a great week.